Welcome to the global phenomenon, Surviving the Survivor, where we bring you the best guests in all of true crime. What's up, SCS Nation, and welcome to another episode of Surviving the Survivor, the podcast that promises to bring you the very best guests in all of true crime. And you're getting three fierce women for the price of one tonight. Alec Murdoch, we all know the name. We're all sick of the name by now. Uh, he went from prominent South Carolina attorney to convicted killer after murdering his wife, Maggie, and son, Paul, and being convicted in a court of law. In his wake, it seems like the entire low country was affected, and one murder there, which remains unsolved, is Stephen Smith's. His mother has urged investigators to look at the phone found in his pocket on the night he died. The teenager's death on a lonely South Carolina, Carolina road was treated as a hit and run for nearly six years, but no more. Uh, SLED is investigating this as a homicide, and a pathologist now claims a single blow to the forehead killed Stephen Smith, who happened to have had ties to the Murdoch family. Our best guest tonight, as we go, I don't know which order we're going in here, Lori Murray. She has an office in Columbia, South Carolina that bears her name. She's an aggressive litigator and negotiator whose focus is on criminal defense and personal injury mat matters, a former law clerk and also a former prosecutor. She is a top 100 trial lawyer and voted elite attorney 2020 by her peers in both personal injury and criminal law. Amy Zimmercheck is the owner of AJZ Law Firm, focusing on criminal defense, PCRs, and plaintiff's cases in both state federal courts. She is a fabulous lawyer has had over 10 not guilty fees, uh, uh, 10 not guilties, I should say, on felony cases like murder and rape since 2009. And then last but not least, you got Amy Lawrence Lovely fighting for justice. She's a justice warrior at the Lovely Law Firm. Welcome to one and all. Quick reminder, please support us on Patreon. You can become a YouTube member or you can just listen to us on uh, the audio platform. That helps a tremendous amount. If you can give us five stars on audio, uh, that would be hugely beneficial to us. Um, we are working on something sort of interesting, sort of fun, uh, sort of entertaining, sort of informative. And it is a South Florida tour, the Adelson family South Florida tour. It occurred to the COE and me that we sort of take it for granted that we live down here in sunny South Florida. And we live within a stone's throw of all things Adelson, Adelson Institute, Charlie's house, the icon where Charlie and his mother met, the synagogue. So we are doing our own tour and we're going to find a time one day this week to air that tour. And I'll take some live questions from you uh, as we go down that road, the Adelson family tour. Uh Quick backstory on this story, because we need a little refresher. Uh, the original Low Country murder uh, associated with the Murdoch family was this one, the one revolving around Stephen Smith. Uh, he is the openly gay teen, a young man, 19 years old, whose body was found in the middle of a rural road on July 8th, 2015. So we're going on uh, nine years here, eight plus years. It was originally ruled a hit and run. 
Uh, the co- co- uh, case, I should say, it's first day back after four days having trouble talking. The case went cold till the murders of Maggie and Paul. Sled then announced it's investigating this as a homicide. And uh, his mother, Stephen Smith's mother, Sandy, has been very vocal. We're actually working to get her on the show tomorrow night with Ronnie Richter, uh, her attorney. We're going to see if, in fact, that happens. So, uh, thankfully, I've got this trio of attorneys from South Carolina because they know what they're talking about and they like to talk, which I love. So it's going to be less work for me. Lori, uh, I think I heard you say you saw uh, this 48 hours episode. There was a 48 hours episode Saturday evening where they chronicled this story. What do you think of it? We're going to go through a lot of that tonight. Oh, I thought it was a great, um, it was a great coverage. I thought, you know, it was 48 hours. So I think that they, the information, unfortunately, with the Stephen Smith case did not fill the entire hour. So they went into some other stuff. But what they did provide for the Stephen Smith case was very interesting. We do now know definitively that this was a hit and run. Uh, we do know the nature of the death. We know that, you know, Kenneth Kinsey or Kenneth Kinsey, who is a fantastic crime scene investigator, uh, came out and basically said he he knows exactly how this happened. So I think that gives a little bit of closure as to this is not a hate crime. This might not even mean it have even been intentional. So all of those questions were answered during this 48 hour show. Yeah, uh, exactly. And in some ways it got more confusing because as you will recall, Amy Lawrence lovely, you know, there were a lot of cries that this was not a hit and run after it was basically labeled a hit and run. And then sled came out and called it a homicide. But after listening to this independent pathologist in the show, uh, you know, it sort of seems like there was some form of a hit and run. Uh, is that confusing to you? What do you make of that, Amy Lawrence? Lovely with your lovely background. <laughs> oh, you're muted, Amy Lawrence. Lovely. Or sorry, there we go. Sorry, y'all. Um, I think it's our hope and prayer is that he wasn't murdered, right? I mean, that's, that was my hope, that this wasn't a hate crime, that this was just a horrible accident and someone made a horrible choice in the moment. Um, and I think it, it, it hope is not the word, I guess, but it gives me some kind of peace that someone intentionally didn't, didn't try to kill Stephen Smith for him, for him just being himself or um, a gay kid in the South or whatever that might be. But I, I think it's it's still hard to stomach that someone could could hit someone and leave them on the side of the road, um, left to die, not call for help or whatever that looks like. Yeah. Um, but I think it just left us maybe we got some answers, but it left us with more questions. And to that point, Amy Zimmerchek, Janet Stuttered writes, hit and run is homicide. Uh, Sled is investigating as a homicide. But what do you think of this notion now that it was this, and we'll get into kind of the specifics of it a little bit more, uh, this single blunt force trauma uh, to the front of the head. Uh, again, are you buying it? Because not every everyone buys everything that every you know pathologist says, but what do you think uh, when you hear about that? You're muted too. It is Monday. I did that on purpose. Um, <laughs> you know, I don't want Amy to feel left out. 
but what I was saying is the first thing I, I, I wanted to comment on is that we all got the all black memo. So good job. Um, yeah, love it. <laughs> we didn't even try. Um, <laughs> so here's my thought, my thoughts on this. I mean, yes, a hit and run can be a homicide. Yes, it can be an accident, but what I think is so hard for me is that with all of these questions, like I feel like with the new pathologist report, the mom could have found some peace. Sandy can, you know, just accept something and move on. Cause I feel like she's never going to move on. She's never going to forget her child. Of course. But I really think that um, it, it really does slow the healing um and maybe this will be an opportunity to help it in that you know they can get some sort of closure maybe it won't be a murdoch maybe it won't and that maybe disappoints you know a ton of people um quite honestly if it weren't a murdoch i would be um i would be glad to see that um you know the the police were doing their due diligence um but it it was the perfect storm to get all the notoriety that it needed. Um, and, you know, even, I think even if she could go back and, and watch it as it, as it happened real time, which would be awful, but, but for her own sense of, of curiosity, you know, I still think that it, you know, it's something's always going to, 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 to just weigh heavy on her. So I'm hoping that eventually she can get, to a place that whatever closure can be had is had so that she can start healing. And uh, hopefully she does get there. Obviously people, but she's never okay. going to get there until yeah, someone... well, people, people don't love the word closure. That's what I was just going to say, but what are you going to say, Amy, go ahead. She's never, you know, there is no such thing as closure. Closure is a myth. Um, it's just, there's just no certainty is what she's looking for. And I'm not sure if she's ever going to get it. And that's the hard part for everybody because as someone, you know, I'm a mama and my heart breaks for her. And I've said this a hundred times, but God bless Sandy Smith, because she was the one who didn't give up on figuring out what happened to her baby. And, you know, she wrote the governor and she wrote the FBI and she wrote everybody that would listen to her begging for help and asking for somebody to shine a spotlight on this crime that happened to her little boy. And, you know, not, not everybody would do that, but every mom would do that, you know? And so God bless her. And, you know, when I hear these people, um, on other podcasts say, you know, these comments like, well, you know, they should be so lucky that Murdoch's name was brought up. You know, because then it, it shot a spotlight on it. And I'm like, are you, are you, what, what did they just say? Like, are these people insane? Like, are we really going to go there when we're talking about the death of a child and a mother, a grieving mom, like people have lost their minds. Um, but I'm not sure she's ever going to get that kind of closure because she's looking for certainty. And, I, and my prayer is that she will, and that we'll know what happened to Stephen Smith. And eventually somebody will talk and they'll, they'll repeat something and it'll lead to something. And that's our hope. Um, but I'm just not sure. I disagree with that. I'm sorry. And I don't, I don't, I disagree. I think that she's going to get that closure. I think that, you know, there's the story with these two boys that came out with, um, I think his last name was uh, Miller, the, the, the Connolly kid and the Miller kid. Yeah. And I, I, I think that this is the avenue that is the, that is the correct avenue. So 
you know, Ken Kennedy said during this 48 hour show that it was something sticking off of a truck. He said um, that Stephen Smith was walking down the middle of the road, facing traffic, that the car that was coming in his lane of traffic saw something in the road, switched over to the other lane, and that it was the passenger side that hit him, that something sticking off of this passenger side hit him. Well, that perfectly jobs with the story that has been told to the police, but was never investigated. The police never investigated this. The Highway Patrol never investigated this. Highway Patrol tried to give it over to police. Police wouldn't take it, whatever. But nobody investigated this lead until now. So we have two kids that were out drinking. One of them comes home and tells his stepdaddy that his friend hit something. And after he tells his stepdaddy about this, he goes outside and throws up because the, step, the kid had gone that morning and saw all the cars, went back to see what he had hit. So I think this absolutely jobs with what happened that night we just need one of them to talk. One of yeah. them. And w one of them did speak to Sandy Smith to promise her, I believe, that he had not hit her son. But um, it's it's just not all adding up. And we'll, we'll break it down as we go. But uh, there was just a comment up which uh, disappeared on me. But there's this one, too. Um, the, the previous comment basically said that it was probably the side mirror of a, of a truck, which is um, basically what Lori is alluding to. And then ICU says after Kinsey on 48 hours, I feel also it was a side mirror on a big truck. So we'll see how that plays out before we go there. Let's just remember who this Stephen Smith young man is. There's a photo of him with his mother, Sandy. And, uh, you find out, um, well, we knew this beforehand, but refreshed, I should say, on 48 Hours, that he's a twin. Stephen Smith is a twin, so his sister is out there. And he was born at 27 weeks uh, with his sister, Stephanie, who's also in the 48 Hours piece. Um, and because he was a preemie, Sandy was told early on, after several months, that uh, he's likely not to make it, meaning uh, her son, Stephen, and they asked about that moment. She said that that's when she was finally able to kind of hold him a little bit. And she said, and I quote here, Sandy Smith, oh, my gosh, it was amazing. It was supposed to be my goodbye, but he started breathing on his own. Amy Lawrence, lovely. I mean, that's a pretty touching story. Uh, this is a kid that wasn't supposed to make it. The mom is literally sitting here talking about holding this premature baby and uh, basically you know, acknowledges that that's the time that this baby grew up into this 19 year old man uh, was really beginning to breathe on his own. But obviously, eventually that life was cut way too short. Um, but that's that's pretty emotional, isn't it? You know, it's just a reminder of life's not fair, right? A kid who, who went against all odds to make it by his mom's love gets taken too soon. It's just yeah. life's not fair. And I guess we already knew that, but that just proves it. It's crazy. And then um, Amy Zimmercheck, it goes on. Uh, this part I did not know. Um, the correspondent, a woman named Nikki Batiste, um, she talks about how proud Sandy must be of her son. He wanted to become a doctor, and uh, he was actually buried in his scrubs. Uh, he had everything he needed in his pocket, Sandy Smith said. He had his stethoscope and everything he needed is the quote. Um, you know, when you hear that, that really like illustrates the humanity of this, this guy, 
he couldn't afford to go to medical school right away. So he was trying to get enrolled in nursing school to then jump over to medical school. And uh, he ends up just being buried in scrubs. How does that uh, strike you, Amy? I'll tell you, that's the that's the 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 toughest part is that one thing that I feel um, fortunate about with what we do in our world is we help people when they're at their absolute lowest. Um, and, I, and I feel like that's why we want everybody especially wants to help Sandy. I mean, she's such, you know, uh, I mean, a, a loving um, mother and they, you know, they didn't grow up um, with all the means. Um and so, you know, I think that <clears throat> it just reminds us that, um, you know, we're all humans at the end of the day. And <clears throat> excuse me, a little cold weather here in South Carolina is kicking my piney. <laughs> but, um, you know, but it, 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 I mean, every death is, is tragic. Um, in, in my opinion, um, even the ones that, you know, um, I'll only cry zero tears, but somebody will miss them. And, um, you know, and the fact that I think she's doing such an incredible job putting her, um, you know, putting her, his story out there, which, which then keeps her memory alive. And I think that that's, you know, sometimes doing what we do, it's a lot of sadness and a lot of emotion. So, you know, I've spent a lot of time learning how to look for the silver linings. Yeah. Well, that's, that's really important. Um, especially, you know, you think about that stuff, I think more over the holidays, at least I tend to, um, Lori to you from flyover girl, uh, Steven's sister said that there's no way he would, would have been walking in the road like that. How could he have been accidentally hit? Um, is it possible that just, as it is with us, just not everything is adding up for this family, at least not at this moment. I think that, you know, it's kind of like sometimes when there is a suicide, you say, oh, they would never have done that, but they actually did. And in this case, we can't know what was going through Stephen's head that night. Uh, they they said that he would have jumped or gone through the woods, but there was an eight foot half fence there. How was he going to climb that eight foot half fence? But the one thing that Kenneth Kennedy did say di during that interview was that he absolutely died where he fell. There was not someone that was, this was not a stage scene. And the way that you can tell it makes perfect sense. If you actually go back and look at the diagram of the body, they had a, they had a nice one that was not so um, graphic. So when he fell, there was a, fracture from one side of his skull to the other from where he fell backwards. So his skull was fractured all the way across the back. But the telling sign for Kenneth Kinsey and for me is that the amount of blood that came from his head wound, it was a lot of blood there and it pulled and then it ran in the direction of the road. So there was no blood anywhere else. The blood was right there. So he had to have been walking in the middle of the road no matter how much you want to believe that he wasn't. There was a curve there, I think, a little bit of a curve there. I'm not sure if, if the car came from around the curb. He might have seen the car, thought he could flag him down. The car, remember, these are two boys who admitted that were drinking that night. If we think that, you know, if we buy into the theory that this Conley kid is the one that hit him, they were drinking that night. They were not they were not in a position to be going slow and, and looking for people to be in the middle of a country road. So. He, he probably just was trying to flag somebody down and then it was the wrong car. 
But uh, according to the investigators, and I put all faith in Kenny Kinsey right now, um, he he was literally hit one one hit and he fell and he died where he fell and died where he was struck. I'm curious, since you're all attorneys, have any of you ever handled a hit and run case where the person who's accused of the crime didn't even realize that they may have hit something or someone? I mean, they say that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, where, they, where, where it's where it's credible, uh, you know. I mean, because I think. No, but you know, I could see it. I mean, but I could see it. You know, especially me because I'm a terrible flipping driver. Terrible. <laughs> well, just on a dark country road, I mean, it's also you have to put yourself in that position. And I'm not saying that that's necessarily the case, but, um, you know, you're on a super dark country road and, you know, you add alcohol to that, which is obviously a felony. But, um, you know, maybe they didn't know to the, what they hit or who they hit. Uh, you just don't know. But Tennis Girl 101 to Amy Lawrence Lovely. Who does Amy think did this? She doesn't hold back. Would love to hear her theory. Amy, your theory. I mean, I think we're all, I think we all agree that we think the Conley Miller kid, this is how it went down. I'm just, um, I'm hesitant to say that I think they'll get the closure that they need because I think if they were, I just don't, I just don't see if, why they haven't made an arrest because I don't think any new evidence has come forward since we've known all this stuff. And I remember Eric Bland back this summer saying that they were going to have, he felt confident they would have an indictment by Labor Day um, after talking to SLED and the, and the um, prosecutors. And, you know, Labor Day has come and gone. And so it's going to take someone to bust it open. And it's going to take, is it the Miller kid to come forward? And I don't know if they've got to offer him some kind of immunity or whatever it is to get him to talk, but he's got to come forward because Obviously, there's no other evidence that ties to the crime. If not, we'd already have an arrest by now. Um, but I think we kind of all can, can agree that we think this is allegedly what happened for educational purposes only. Um, <laughs> but we think this is what happened. I do not think that the Murdochs had anything to do with this. I do well, think that this county is super incestuous. Yeah. I would they're have tied to, to freaking And I'm trying real hard not to curse. Um, yeah. Joel, um, okay. I think that this is the most incestuous county you've ever seen, and that law firm is, and those lawyers, everybody's got a hand in something around there that's tied to any kind of police officer, cop, or crime or accident. And I yeah. think that's the keep coming up. Let me just add to what you said, Amy, because um, was on Court TV. Eric Bland was on there the other night. Eric said, or maybe it was on a tweet that I read. I think it might have been a tweet that he said um, that he said that he felt like the investigation had stalled that the grand jury we know had been in panel. They've been listening to witnesses, but he personally reached out to chief keels of sled and asked what was going on. What's the holdup chief keels told him that with all the financial crimes that were going forward right now, that they had had to put it on a back burner. But now that this plea is going forward, that they will be definitely moving back towards this case. So I think according to him and according to keels, uh, this case has just been sitting for another minute, unfortunately, for Sandy. Which goes Lori, back Lori, to the I think, of the Murdochs, right? I, I think that you heard that on STS, Lori, I believe, because that I, was... I, it may have been right here. <laughs> you may have said it here, but I think yeah. it was a tweet that I saw, too. Like, I mean, it I'm trying to watch Eric too much, but... No. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't say that, Eric. Um, real quick, 
Amy Lawrence, maybe you can help us on this and to get your point in. Uh, what did the police find during the Murdoch case that caused them to reopen the Smith case? I don't know if anything specific, but I think it just opened a can of worms. Uh, Amy Lawrence, lovely. Is, am I right well, about that? I, I, the rumor for educational purposes only and allegedly was that um, there was a vehicle on, um, on at the farm at Moselle that the paint came back to that was found on Stephen mm. Smith's body, that blue paint. Mm. Mm. So How I about this? That uh, was the Mary, only piece of physical evidence. Say that again. Lori? I said, I remember that too. That was the only piece of physical evidence that came yeah. back. But I also think that they started looking at this because of the Buster's name was mentioned all throughout the mate report. They had to. Yeah. Yeah. So it, that gave, you know, unfortunately, it did give Sandy Smith some some attention and she started her letter writing campaign at the same time this was brought back up there's buster there's all these murdochs and there's maybe now they'll look at steven's case because buster was mentioned all throughout this report and nobody did a damn thing so i think both of those two things probably combined together to get him some attention and uh mary benny here question for the panel has the murdochs do the murdochs have anything to do uh, with Stephen Smith's murder, I've always believed it to be the case. Uh, Lori, at this point, are you convinced otherwise? The only thing that I have seen that is a, a direct connection between the Murdochs and this murder or this death—I don't want to call it a murder—but uh, but between this homicide is that Randy Murdoch, Alex's brother, was the one who convinced. Um, I'm going to forget his name, Dustin Miller, maybe. Um, can't remember the one who called in the tip about the two boys driving. So that's where his name was mentioned. Otherwise, there's been no evidence against any other Murdoch. But and he offered to represent Stephen Smith's family, right? The estate. Yeah, was always oh, yeah. he was already representing the dad on a workers' comp case at the time. So that's always been the story that I was told was that he was out there as a favor to the dad, um, looking to see if there was, you know. Plaintiff's lawyers, ambulance chasers looking to see if they can get out there and get a case out of this. Maybe they can find who hit and ran and and then they they've got a huge plaintiff's case for it to steal the money from. So right. You never know. I think that's why he was out there. Um, and I believe that there were some criminal charges against the man who made the tip. So um, he was trying to get him out of those those charges. And lo and behold, he did get out of those charges. So that's the only involvement that I've seen. Uh, I don't think it's any direct involvement with Stephen's death. Mm. Uh, Bundy data. He did not have road burn. This is all interesting stuff. Amy Zimmerchek. He didn't have the typical injuries uh, with a hit and run, some blood near the crotch. Usually you fly through the air, no broken bones. Uh, his shoes were loosely tied. And then look at this super sticker here. Diana Johnson. Do you think it's a sled or police officer? Uh, Amy Lawrence, lovely, uh, shaking her head in the negative. Now maybe a little bit of a positive. You never know these days. Amy Zimmerchek. Um, I don't think that that is the case, but uh, you've got to investigate all angles, right? That you know, that's that's all I ever ask, and it seems to have made me unpopular among some of my prosecutorial peers that I just ask the questions, and you know, and like you see something. So of course, you know with the, you know, as the responding trooper said when he got there, there are certain things that he sees with hit and runs, right? The shoes, 
sometimes people are knocked out of their shoes. There, there are things. But one thing that I have absolutely learned is that nothing is ever what it seems. People grieve differently. People get hurt differently. People heal differently. Um, and, you, you know, and so, but, but if there's no investigation, <laughs> then we're at a loss. Um, which is why I think that, and that's, I think, all Sandy really, really ever wanted. I mean, I think she obviously wants to know what happened, or she wants her son here. But I think that, it, you know, just just walking away and, and not giving it a second thought has really what's been driving her. And so, um, you know, it, maybe, who knows, maybe it could be a whole new nefarious, you know, case that 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 we all get in on the on the bottom and, and then we get to laugh at ourselves and go oh it was nothing you know or maybe it's just tragedy um i i feel like we've had a lot of, of drama this year and so um you know hopefully it's not just the evil it was just an accident and maybe it's it, it's just a, a tragedy that we can you know maybe maybe they'll put lights out there you know, and Steven's name or, you know, who knows, but, um, I don't know. I feel like it's, you know, it's something that you kind of get overkill when, you know, Murdoch's, like you said, we're kind of like, eh. Yeah, yeah. But let's but, can we address the fact that, because I think people really want to know about these clothes and the fact that his clothes did not come off. So there was a little bit of red rash on him. Um, and, and I've seen hit and run cases. I've seen the pictures. They're God awful. The shoes do come off. The, sh the clothes are torn. Um, they, there are, a, there's a lot of damage to a, a body and to the clothing on the body when it is a true hit and run. But in this case, this person, uh, this person, I'm sorry, Stephen was not hit by a car. He was hit by an a window, a mirror. A mirror. Uh, Ken Kinsey said it could even be a ladder. He was hit by an item that came off of the car. So the force would not have been the same. Uh, I just had a girl in my office last week crossing the street in five points. Had she been three seconds faster, I mean, with her run across the street, she would have been dead because she would have hit the front of the car. But instead, she got hit by the side mirror. She fell down, knocked her head, had a concussion and a couple of black eyes. She was really lucky. This is this is what this is. This is a hit by a mirror. It's not by a car. That's why you don't see the same kind of damage in the clothes. And uh, my dad always says life is a game of inches, which it is. And uh, there's a case in point. Sunshine, Cheryl, this is so sad. And Sandy should have justice for Stephen. I believe what Sandy says over what Randy Murdoch says, who was uh, representing her pro bono at the time. And we'll get into that as well. And wonder what sled came across when investigating the Murdoch murders. So, this single blow to the head, this came about because there's a $130,000 GoFundMe page for basically a new investigation uh, that is uh, all donations from supporters of Sandy Smith. And there's a woman named Dr. Michelle Dupree. She's the uh, former investigator and forensic pathologist. She performed more than 3,000 autopsies. And she's the one who came out and said, hey, this was a single blow to the head. Um, and then she kind of draws it uh, on the show. And uh, Amy Lawrence, lovely. It's a little disturbing, but on a, on sort of a styrofoam head, she shows you that it is a seven and a half inch gash, seven and a half inches um, 
she said there would almost be another gash in the posterior area from hitting the pavement so hard. Basically, in essence, she says that he split his skull. I'm just wondering, Amy, you know, I know you're a mother. What do you think it's like for Sandy Smith, not only to not really know how her son died, but then also to hear, you know, these sorts of details about his death on top of it? I mean, she saw her baby's body. She knows what happened. She she knows, like, physically what he looked like and what happened to him. But, um, you know, she's been living a nightmare since she got a phone call that her kid died. You know, when somebody showed up at her house to tell her. So I'm not sure it gets any worse than that when you know your kid's not coming back. So I think any kind of detail just gets her um, to some kind of certainty that she's so desperate for. Um, but I'm not sure it gets any worse than it already is. And Lori, here's an interesting question from Sunshine Cheryl. Why would Buster not say anything prior, but now says he was at Edison with mom and brother who no longer are alive? Um, and if I do recall correctly, he wasn't very vocal what do you think the dynamic is that changed uh, other than obviously the high profile nature, which is not a small thing of his father's conviction, but what do you attribute it to? Well, first of all, let me say, somebody mentioned in the comments that there's no Miller. I, I apologize. I butcher names all the time. So I'm sorry. I've said this on my, my TikTok account too. I'm terrible with names. So you're absolutely right. The names you have them right in the comments. Uh, but it's a damn good question as to why Buster wouldn't say anything now. I mean, they ever prior to now, but uh, they they asked they they asked for an interview, and I'm sure, like any good attorney would do, his father told him, "You do not talk to the police. You do not talk to them. That's just you know, defense lawyer one on one." I'm sure he was advised not to speak to the police when there is an investigation going into the death of a child in the middle of the road. But um, now he's come out. Now there's an alternative theory. I think now he has to because people are looking at him harder, and this is. You know, before you have the police looking at him, now you've got the public looking at him. You've got everybody saying you had something to do with this. Your name's mentioned in that report a hundred times. It's not a hundred times, it's like 17 times, something like that. Either way, his name's mentioned in the report and the public sees it. So now he has to come out and say something and, and tell everybody where he was. No, nobody can corroborate this. No, we don't know if he's telling the truth. No, we don't know why he actually didn't say anything before. Other than the fact that I would guess it was because a lawyer like me told him to shut the hell up and sit over on the side. And don't answer any questions. Uh, Amy Zimmer check, by the way, Brianna was asking for a recap very quickly. Uh, there's a young man, 19 years old named Stephen Smith, who is openly gay and in, in the low country in South Carolina. And he wound up dead on a country road back in 2015. Uh, a lot of people speculated, um, after that, once the Murdoch name got out there, that maybe they had something to do with it. It appears that they did not have anything to do with it. And there's been an investigation now, and it has been relabeled a homicide and SLED, which is the law enforcement agency for South Carolina, are the ones who are doing the investigation. Mia Beto here for you, Amy Zimmerchek. Are they able to retrieve cell phone records from that area that night? They should be able to, right? Well, so, um, Yes and no, but I will, I want to say something to just on the point of Buster and I'm not, you know, Buster and I are, are like this, this is me, this is Buster. Okay. So I am not depending him. <laughs> However, um, he, um, 
you know, I think back, I think Lori is probably correct. Like, cause come on now that we all have gotten a little glimpse behind the, um, you know, behind the curtain, is it really um, surprising that the Murdoch boy's name would come up when there's a potential drunk hit and run in the middle of the road? <laughs> of course not. Um, but, you know, I, I think absolutely he didn't say anything then because he was probably told not to. But then when it all comes back to light, now all of a sudden his only alibis are <laughs> murdered. Um, <laughs> you know, I mean, I think that had a lot to do with why he has um, kept his yes. trap shut about that. Um Maybe he should. Anyway, um, so I'm, I'm sorry, I, I digressed. Your question about was, about phone records, phone oh, records phone from that location. Thank you. Actually, I'm I am I am up on this. Um, the beauty of getting ready for trial and having a cold and taking what I feel like a lot of meth at this point. <laughs> okay, I don't know how, when I took those last two allergy pills. I was like, eh, it might have been like nine and ten for the day. I should probably lay off. <laughs> um, but. So interestingly, the you know what was really really so unique about the murder trial, and and I think hard to argue with were the phone records and the, the geofencing and the you know the new CSI stuff that I look for. Everybody looks for. I mean, I think about it every time I phone and I have to look up something on there. Um, the problem is is that um, after one year they purge. Um, and some, and it, and it varies from company to company. Some will go 12 months, 12 to 18, um, but they purge. And so now they could get information from the physical phone itself, um, which I don't know, in my opinion is good, but I, I just don't think that there's any way at this point to go back and, and geofence phone records. But I mean, it, it truly is amazing when you think about the DNA, like what a big impact that had on our criminal you know, world. And now phones are having just that same kind of impact. Uh, Jill, yeah, go ahead. Um, so I don't know if you want to read it, but Jill says they, uh, she doesn't buy it. The original investigator said it was not a hit and run. I think he was murdered and there were too many twists and turns and cover up. Sandy wants the truth and an arrest. Well, let me just say that's partly true. The investigators who were on the scene said that it was not a hit and run, but the medical examiner said it was a hit and run. So we all tend to go with the people who are on the scene who say there's no evidence that this was a hit and run because there's no debris from a vehicle, the, tor the clothes aren't torn, all the things that we talked about a little while ago. But the person who examined the body said this was a hit and run. So yes and no. And I do believe that, again, you know, was it the injury from the mirror across the front or the fracture across the back that killed him? Either one of those could have killed him. Those are skull fractures. Those are major skull fractures. Um, so either one of them could have killed him. And again, please remember that you are looking at being hit by a mirror and not a vehicle. The impact is significantly less by being hit by one object instead of the impact of an entire vehicle. So I, I still think this is very possible that it wasn't hit and run. The, the highway patrol might not have seen debris because there was none. It just would have bent that mirror in um, if he was hit by a mirror. So I think I think it still makes sense. You just we have to not buy into all the conspiracy theories that we were told for so long. And we were told for a long time, this was hate crime. This was buster. This was, you know, X, Y, and Z. 
all because of the clothes and everything else. But we have to look at the new evidence, which corroborates the original autopsy. And you'll, you'll always have to follow the evidence. Colleen, I'm going to get to you in one sec, Amy Lawrence. Lovely. Colleen, maybe the driver didn't remember to turn his lights on, so Stephen didn't see the car. Uh, my friend, Wesley John Holmes, joining us from Tokyo. He's from Australia. Uh, real quick, so the pathologist, uh, any signs of beating? No. Any injuries below his head other than the road rash? None whatsoever. Uh, we don't believe that he was placed there, she says. And Dr. Kenny Kinsey, who testified at the Murdoch trial, says he agrees. Um, he says that the evidence at the scene is clear. That's a massive amount of blood. And if you had that kind of injury somewhere else, it wouldn't be that uniform. So this is what Lori was saying earlier, that there was some discussion about his body being moved to that spot and even being staged. But both the pathologist and uh Kenny Kinsey now saying that there was just too much blood in that area and it was too uniform for Stephen Smith to have been moved. Amy Lawrence, lovely, whatever your thought was, please pick it up. Yeah, I was just going to say that flood would benefit from a biomechanical um, engineer. Um, and what they do is we, I had a, a product solubility case um, against Hyundai. And we had, because a seat back broke, right? And so what it did, it slung the passenger. She stopped at the stoplight, she gets hit from behind. And it slung her up into the roof of the car. And then when she hit the car in front of her, it slung her forward. And so you see all these like claw marks and she comes down and it's, it's a horrible, horrible accident. Almost killed her, she was in a coma for months. And so we hired a biomechanical engineer to come in and show us how mechanically the body would have moved and how the impact of whatever we think it was, you know, whether it be um, the student Smith or in that accident, and they can really tell you um, all the all the science behind what happened to him. And I think that would have been super beneficial. And Sled, I'm willing to pay for it if you need some help. I've got a guy call me. <laughs> uh, Ned Smith is usually uh, got a great sense of humor with a serious question here. What makes people think the Murdochs were involved unless he's being sarcastic and thinks that they are? I don't know because it's hard to read sarcasm. Uh, and then Ronnie answers this, but to someone else and says, Colleen, I think it was rumors and pressure. Randy Murdoch was there offering to help Sandy. That also kind of tipped her off once Alec was arrested. Johnny Supertramp weighing in here. I think it was a hit and run, unfortunately. Just to wrap up what Dr. Kinsey was saying, um, he said that it was very atypical of what he thinks now is a hit and run uh, because there was literally no uh, vehicle debris at the scene. He says it was a conclusion that no one is expecting. Obviously, the investigation continues. But now Randy Murdoch gets involved. So uh, Murdoch is involved here. Um, Sandy Smith recalling how she was on the phone with Stephen's father, whose name is Joel. And uh, that's when Joel asked Randy to go out to the scene. This is now going back to 2015, uh, basically right around the time. Uh, basically the evening or the day after this all happened back in 2015. So Randy Murdoch, who is Alec Murdoch's older brother, had been representing Joel Smith, the father, on a workers' comp case. So Randy Murdoch offers to help, and he goes out there pro bono. And a lot of people were sort of doing a double take when they find out uh, he was doing a pro bono. Amy Zimmerchek, would you, uh, would a Murdoch, you know, go out there and do something for free? Or at the time, did it sound to you like he was going out there to maybe help cover something up? 
And then the plot thickens. You're muted again. We got to hear your voice. It is an audio show. After I got all kinds of classes I need to take. Um, the um, if if I were doing it, yes, because you know I never say no, which is my problem. Um, but no, that you know it just doesn't uh, philanthropic you know gifts um, are are usually done in a different way by that family, um, and so it, you know. It, there are aspects of it that don't make sense. I think there are aspects of it that are never going to make sense because not everybody's telling the truth. Um, and, um, you know, God, it's just so frustrating. I know it is. Yeah. Well, later that day, this is where it gets kind of weird, Lori. Maybe you can help us unravel this. Sandy Smith herself, Stephen Smith's mother, says, you know, she thought it was a nice gesture that he was going to do this pro bono. She says later that morning or that day, she drives past the scene and she says she sees Alec Murdoch and Randy standing on the opposite side of the road. And she's asked about that. She goes, uh, the reporter says Murdoch. And she says the Murdochs um, and then says Randy Murdoch called Sandy Smith. This is so kind of crazy and asked if it was her that passed by. And she obviously said yes. And he says, I wish you would have stopped so I could have, you know, could have met with you. Uh, what's going on here? This is weird because Sandy Smith herself is saying that she saw Alec and Randy that day. He, Randy, is denying this. So this is where you start to get suspicious. Maybe you don't need to be, but all of a sudden the information is making at least me suspicious. What about you? Well, the only, um, I saw where she said that in the interview. and. The only information, the only time that Elliot Murdoch's name is mentioned with regard to this investigation is from Sandy. Nobody else has placed him there. Randy, all day long, but not Elliot. So I don't know if um, I don't know if that's completely accurate. You know, she that was a very difficult time for her. I don't know if she saw somebody who looked like him, um, but nobody else has placed Elliot at the scene. Randy, all day long, he was there for sure. And by the way, uh, just in the middle of this show, uh, just to let you know, I've been in touch, very close touch with the Morn family. Remember Rachel Morn? She's the mother of five. She was brutally murdered on a hiking trail in Maryland. Uh, I'm calling her brother after the show. And uh, her mother, Patty Morn, is supposed to join us on Thursday. Things are very fluid with that. That's another unsolved case. That is 1,000% a murder. The suspect is on the loose. Marshals are obviously looking for that person. Uh, there's very little information, but we're going to follow that case. I'm, I'm hoping to have uh, Patty Morn, Rachel Morn's mom, on the show Thursday and would appreciate everyone supporting her because she needs all the help that uh, she can get, not only, you know, from a um, emotional standpoint, but also to help figure out who killed her daughter in that horrific kind of uh, way. Um, a lot of horror in the world here. So Amy Lawrence, lovely. You're never one to hold back. So Randy Murdoch says that he was at the scene, but he was there with a private investigator. Um, sadly, Stephen Smith's own father, Joel passes away three months later. Uh, but there's this shenanigans about, you know, the, the, these allegations, uh, that 
Alec was there. Alec wasn't there. But then you hear Sandy Smith herself saying that she saw Alec there. You've got to take her at her word. Uh, what do you make of this? I don't make anything of it, really. I mean, this is what we do know. That law firm and the Murdochs had their hand in damn everything. And everybody's tied to them in some way. I mean, as an attorney, and I do plaintiff's work um, all over the state of South Carolina, you know, you don't bring a case, a civil case in that county um, without co-counseling with that law firm. You just don't because you will be shut down very quickly and you will not get a good result. Um, they have represented everybody in that county. They have represented all the law enforcement. They have been the law enforcement. I mean, you name it. It's the most incestuous place that, I mean, the, the Smith family had ties to um, the Murdochs through uh, the father. They had ties to law enforcement through um, uh, Chief Alexander. There's all these different things that play. It's all one big web of just kind of like craziness. And we heard through the testimony and evidence during the trial and um, during this whole thing that, you know, we had Alex Murdoch recall um, police officers and get them to change their accident reports to make their client not at fault. So, you know, when you talk about ambulance chasers, Alex Murdoch was the king of them and he could make anything happen. And I don't I don't need to feel like I need to say allegedly before I said that. I think it's pretty much a fact at this point. So it doesn't bother me. It doesn't raise any red flags. It would raise a red flag if he wasn't there, if they all weren't right in the middle of all of it. Because I know what they're thinking, just like um, just like we were talking about earlier, that Lori said, you know, he's thinking, how can I make this a bigger case? Can I tie it back to a drunk driver, which ties it back to a dram shop case against a bar? Now I've opened it up to a million dollar insurance policy. You know, these are the things that they're doing constantly, every day, nonstop. Police officers are calling them when there's accidents and let them know there's been an accident. And they're, they're out there signing the case before the ambulance can even take them off, that kind of stuff. So it, it doesn't bother me that they're all sitting out there. Like I said, it would bother me maybe if they weren't out there. Uh, Colleen brings up a good point by the way I see a lot of people saying that they're having issues the audio seems to be working fine for the three of us as far as I could tell but technology still not perfected in 2023 so I don't know if there's a glitch or something going on with maybe YouTube tonight but uh, it is working on this end otherwise you would have seen me freak out already but I didn't freak out because I'm hearing everyone but Colleen says and this is a good point the original rumor was Buster Murdoch held a baseball bat out of the window or just ran up to him even and hit Stephen with it. That seems to fit uh, what the investigators found, um, blunt force trauma. Uh, but they were saying it's not a bat, which is interesting because, listen, I'm not a coroner or pathologist or any of those things. So I don't know how exactly you distinguish between a baseball bat. Maybe, Lori, do you know from all your experience as, as a lawyer, uh, yes. how do you tell the difference? Uh, a bat would have a pattern wound to it, and this was a linear fracture. So the, there was no pattern from the bat there. There you go. I'm just reading Andy School's comment live here. She joins us from Detroit. Injuries don't match a motor pedestrian accident. You used to see that all too often. Almost 100% of the time, I saw some evidence from the vehicle on clothing or imprinted on patient's body. This was no 
motor, pedestrian, accident. Andy School, former law enforcement, I believe, a uh, friend of the show. She's on here often. So everyone's got an opinion. Pat Virgin became a YouTube member. Love that. So it gets even more interesting. Now, this is prior to this latest finding, but even uh, the retired South Carolina Highway Patrol lieutenant who was working on this, a guy named Thomas Moore, said he had he had no reason to believe it was a hit and run and going to the same issues that we were talking about before, saying that there was no typical debris. And again, Stephen Smith's shoes were loose and they didn't come flying off. Uh, this lieutenant also said that the body looked posed. posed. Lori, I mean, this goes contrary again to everything the new findings are finding. Why? This is so confusing and kind of crazy at this point. Well, I think that had, you know, had he not been so vocal about his opinions at the beginning, we might not have had this big gap and we might have had a quicker closure to this case. Um, but, you know, Mate can do a lot of things. Mate uh, can tell you how fast a car was going. They can tell you how, you know, what the angle was when they were hit. They can tell you um, at what point you started to break. You know, they can tell you a lot of things. But a crime scene investigator like Kenny Kinsey can tell you that based on this body, he died where he fell based on the blood. Um, and May, don't forget, comes in later. They're not there immediately. They come in later. So, no, there was not any um, debris in this case. No, that what they were normally used to seeing was not there. So they immediately started saying this is not a hit and run. And that made all of us think this is not a hit and run. Um, but now you've got two forensic pathologists who've done autopsies on the body and a crime scene investigator. Um, you've got those three people who are trained in those things um, versus one highway patrol supervisor on the mate team who said, no, it wasn't a hit and run. So I think you have to go with the way of the evidence. I think I, I trust the medical examiners and I trust Kenny Kinsey um, who has done this for a very long time. Tracy Turner, they drive, talking about South Carolina here, the Palmetto State, they drive big <laughs> jacked up trucks there. Me wrong. Make, <laughs> makes perfect sense to me. Uh, then this next comment, and we're about to get into the meat and potatoes of the phone here. Kamala Norris, uh, but SLED reopened Stephen's case after opening Paul's phone. Amy Zimmerchek, who has taken time out for preparing for a trial, so we appreciate that. Uh, Amy Zimmerchek. <laughs> Sandy Smith came out and said that weeks before the murder, Stephen was talking about a very prominent family. Someone was messaging him a lot. She said, he told me that he was going deep sea fishing. Uh, this is a direct quote. He said, in Key West. And I said, well, who are you going with? And he says, well, I can't tell you. Uh, she said she paused and thought about it. And uh, he said, you'd be surprised. It's kind of like a prominent person. And all she could say, well, I hope you have fun. Again, this builds all the intrigue. Then you've got to think, hey, wait a minute. Was he about to go deep sea fishing with the Murdoch family? Because they're the big prominent family. And it puts us in a complete circle. Once again, Amy, you are uh, still muted. But what do you say here? This is all just super confusing. I see one troll saying, so basically you're talking about something you have no idea uh, what you're talking about. And that is kind of true to an extent because we don't know what's going on here trying to figure out the investigation. But Amy Zimmerchek, what do you make of all of this? 
Um, I hope we have not. St- is, is, is no, it you're, you're, you're okay, good. good. You're good. Okay, good. I'm trying to get better at that. Um, you know, it, so to go back to your, to your earlier question about like, how could phones play into this? So there are a couple of different ways to get phone records. Um, you can write the company and they, you know, you request different information. They'll send it to you, or you can just, you know, take a phone, plug it up and get the information. Um, it would be, and, and, and oftentimes deleted information shows up in those reports because it, 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 it just moves to a cache. It's never really deleted. And that's about the extent of my phone knowledge. However, I would, I mean, I love finding things in phones. I think these two ladies have um, enjoyed some of my phone adventures in this case. Um, but um, and but, we have not enjoyed some other ones. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and not enjoyed. But um, but there's just so much. I That's the one piece of information that I would love, love, love to get my hands on. Um, I think it can provide you so much context about uh, not, not just what he was doing that night, where his mindset was, what were his goals, what were he, what was he thinking? I mean, there's so much potential information, even if it's deleted. So if it were a prominent family member that was going to the Keys, which... I think we knew a prominent family member that had a trip scheduled for the keys um, because they have houses down there, Um, you know, but it's, I mean, again, it, you know, whoever said that, oh, you know, we're just talking about things we don't know, then it's true. Um, But I think innate in all of us is trying to, to solve that answer so that we can, you know, help people move forward. Uh, Jamie says, go ahead, Amy. I'm sorry. Um, okay, so to go back to what Jamie's saying about the how do you just get hit in the head with a car mirror? Yes. So, you guys, I want to remind you, we are um, in the South, like South Carolina, like everybody wears Carhartt. Even I wear Carhartt. <laughs> I drive a big ass truck. I mean, an SUV, but it's 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 jacked. And the majority of these guys are driving these big ass trucks. And they've got, they're all towing stuff, right? They're all, especially in that county, in Hampton and Cobham County, they are, this is a big hunting. If we don't know anything, everybody's got a gun, everybody's got a truck, right? Have we not established anything else, right? So when you're towing stuff, you have a tow mirror. And a tow mirror, when you're, is just an extended mirror on the truck. My daddy's got a tow mirror on his, uh, side mirrors on his truck. They're just extended out a little bit further. They're about this much further so you can, you can see the span of where you're backing up and pulling. And so this is what we're talking about when we're talking about just a mirror. This is not like the one that's close up to your car. We're talking about one that's another like probably five to six inches off the car from where it was initially. That's why we're talking about, he said it could even be a ladder. Chances are it was just a mirror and it was a tow mirror. And also remind me to tell you about how I hit the mailbox with just my rear view mirror or my side view mirror. Word. Word. And look at this surviving the survivor. No audio issues on our end. Could be YouTube issue. Blame it on YouTube. When in doubt, blame it on YouTube. Uh, please try refreshing for those experience glitches. Uh, thank you. Appreciate that. Uh, love this from Ned Smith. Got three Southern bells and a Yankee transplant all on one screen. Yes. Someone said, um, Lori, and I'm paraphrasing here that truck mirrors are purposely made to attract 
So it sounds even more suspicious. You're the attorney, Lori. What would you say to that comment? I would say, first of all, that's a newer thing. The the mirrors folding in like that. That's a newer thing on newer models of vehicles. Mine is a 2016 and it has that, but it's also a Lexus. It's not, you know, these are, these are trucks. These are probably two young boys who are not driving a brand new truck. They are country boys. They are not well-to-do families. They are not driving the luxury trucks. I no, doubt very no. seriously that they would have had the retractable mirrors. And I also think to Amy's point that these tow these tow mirrors do stick out further. They ain't retracting. They are going to be stuck out there. They're going to be, you know, where you can see everything. Yes, there is a limit to how far they can stick out, but it's far enough to hit somebody. By and the way, before, again, before too, sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you. Remember again, too, that according to Kenny Kinsey, this car is heading in its lane of travel and sees Stephen Smith or sees something in the roadway and tries to swerve to avoid it and hits it with the passenger side. It's not the driver's side mirror that hits it. It's the passenger mirror that hits him. So, you know, he was the, the vehicle was in the wrong lane of travel and the passenger mirror was what uh, allegedly hit him. God, did Stephen freeze? I'm sorry, Joel freeze? I think he did. <laughs> Should we just carry on without him? Anybody Joel, have any questions? Yes. We're definitely yeah. blaming YouTube. <laughs> oh, my God. The three women take over. <laughs> I think we're... I think we're... Yeah, we're now Joel is losing his mind. Especially because well, I don't know what I'm doing. We're surviving the survivor. <laughs> You guys, I just have a very it's big the COE here. I just want to thank everyone. Uh, Joel is obviously <laughs> having some issues. So maybe it's YouTube. Maybe it's also Joel's Wi-Fi. Um, but if we can continue on, I'm just going to take over for a minute until sure. Joel joins us. Um, All women. <laughs> yes, yes. Um, I know some of the people were talking specifically about the mirror. And I know that you guys have been going over it. And a lot of people are commenting on how difficult it would be um, for a mirror's for a mirror to impact for excuse me for the impact of a mirror. I know that some people had mentioned that the mirror does not retract. Do you see what I'm talking about here, guys? Can y'all see this? I can. Yeah. This is what we're talking about. They stick out on the side of a truck like this. This is, this is what you see on an old Chevy or Ford when they're towing stuff, which is what I anticipate these kids have. With the John boats. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah, because I know I know uh, we have some different comments here. Uh, Perry saying, mirrors on vehicles fold on impact. To die under those circumstances is incredibly rare, but it appears that this one here is obviously a very different kind of mirror. Yeah, right. this is not like the plastic... The stuff we have on our cars, we're talking about like a heavy duty. I have a feeling these kids probably have like an old Ford or Chevy. And that's what we're kind of looking at. It's like the big metal thing that sticks off the side. This is not something that would give way when hit. Right. My dad has got the same thing on his old Ford. Well, and, and, and what's so crazy tomorrow? too? Um, I know obviously the big talk is the sentencing tomorrow um, for Murdoch. We're just going to pivot quickly just until Joel comes back and then we're going to continue um, to talk about Stephen Smith. But are you guys anticipating 
um, a long sentencing for tomorrow. I know this is obviously not related specifically to this case, but I just want to give Joel um, a couple of minutes. And since you guys are all familiar Let's with Murdoch, see who he taking over. Are you guys one. hearing me now? There's something funky going on. Yes, yes, we can hear you. Okay. There's something going on with the signal here. Um, Let's uh, put a bow on this in just a minute. But if you're hearing me here, then while I was gone. Hey, Joel, uh, let, us, let us talk about the sentencing real quick for tomorrow. Yeah. Yeah. Go hey, for we it. got this. Just hold on. Yeah. You yeah, guys yeah. Do, your thing. You do your thing. You don't need a host. Go on. <laughs> you know, Amy and Lori and I um, were talking about this before we, we went live, and we anticipate this to be a very long sentencing. Who's best? I'm sorry, sentencing snooze fest. <laughs> it's going to be a total snooze fest, right? And every, you know, we're going to see the um, the dog and pony show, and and we're all gonna, we're going to get at the same conclusion. Everybody's going to get up, they're going to say their piece, and he's going to get his 27 years. I agree. I think that we are going to have a lot of I think, uh, impact statements from from the victims. I think we're going to have a lot from one particular lawyer um, in particular. And I think that Judge Newman is going to allow every single bit of it because they have the right to speak. They have the right to be heard. Uh, and we're going to hear a lot of it. Mm. Uh, I can't believe it's only Monday and I'm already dealing with this after a long weekend. It's going to be a long week. Uh, real quick, just to put a bow on uh, all the uh, Stephen Smith stuff. So there was another person who is part of a sled or actually this is a South Carolina highway patrol, a person named corporal Michael Duncan. He too came out and said, there's no body trauma. Uh, he says that there was no reason to investigate as a uh, hit and run and said that there was a reason that the Hampton County Sheriff's department was not handling this and said he would leave it at that. So there's all kinds of weird suspicion and things of that nature. The persons of interest, who Lori brought up, Sean Connolly and Patrick Wilson. Uh, they are who uh, is being looked at uh, now. They were persons of interest. Then we never, didn't hear another word about them. And then Buster, Buster vehemently denying any involvement. He talked to Fox News about that. And Eric Bland, who is representing the Smith family, and I quote Eric Bland here about the comment from Buster Murdoch, he says, those words are now in cement. I take him at his word that he had nothing at all to do with Stephen's death. So uh, we will see if that holds up as being factual. I wanted to get to Becky Hill. She is the controversial clerk of court uh, in Carlton County uh, where this all went down. Obviously, right after the trial, there was this big hubbub. And you saw Dick Harpootlian and Jim Griffin outside the appellate court basically saying that there was jury misconduct, which, by the way, we saw right after the Adelson conviction of Charlie Adelson. Um, Amy Lawrence, lovely, since I think you're going to give an earful on this one. What was your take when you saw that? Because now the state is basically fighting back and saying you guys are all wrong about the defense. The problem is that they didn't go in there with conviction. They didn't go in there with this is what was told, but what it was um, a lot of like allegedly it was just really weird. That whole thing was like, I'm too for, cool for school and I want, you know, you know, the my day in the sun hasn't been long enough. It just all felt really weird. I think that press conference just felt really awkward for me. 
Um, but I do believe where there's smoke, there's fire. And by reading her book, I don't feel good about it. I don't feel good about um, her actions at all. And if there is even a smidge of truth to what they are saying, then he needs a new trial. Because if it can happen to him, it can happen to any of us. And this is what we're fighting so hard to protect is the system. Well put there. Uh, Lori Murray, got to ask you about yeah. that. Um, but but just to add to it, uh, the state gave this really lengthy response saying that Murdoch advances, quote unquote, a sweeping conspiratorial theory about wholly irrelevant Facebook posts with scant evidence to, to support it. While jury tampering allegations are serious and may require an evidentiary hearing, the law does not permit highly motivated convicts to put their own jury on trial. Um, Alan Wilson and Creighton Waters, um, who are, I, I guess this was the state, so I, it would be them because some of this is at a federal level. Uh, they, they, they basically fought back. What do you make of that, Lori? Well, first of all, I don't believe that SLED should be investigating whether or not there was juror misconduct. That is the fox in the hen house. Uh, the FBI should be investigating this or some other law enforcement agency, not SLED. But when you have allegations of juror misconduct, like in this one, there are two, at least two that we know of that have signed affidavits and others that have talked uh, to the defense attorneys that have said that there was misconduct. And those two people have nothing to gain. Those four people have nothing to gain. The people who are, and I'm not, you know, I'm not trying to call anybody out. I don't know who's not telling the truth. I don't know if they saw different things or somebody talked to somebody and didn't do it in front of the other person. I don't know. But I know that the jury would want their verdict to stay. I know they want their place in history. They want to be the ones to convict. So that to me says you have to really look into the allegations of the jurors that say there was misconduct. There were also jurors that say, no, I didn't hear anything improper, but I did see her talking to somebody else. So there are allegations that are out there that are very troublesome. And you cannot even look into this without mentioning at least for a little bit, even though we don't know whether it was related, but you have to mention the fact that Becky Hill's son was arrested and he was the technology director. So, and the very same night that he was arrested, they seized Becky Hill's phone. We don't know what's coming up. I think any iota of impropriety, any iota of evidence of impropriety, you err on the side of caution because this is a justice system and we are out for justice. That's what we're all supposed to be about. So we might not want to give him a new trial. We might find it hard as hell to find a place to give him a new trial. But if there is any allegation of impropriety whatsoever, in my opinion, the man gets a new trial. And by the way, uh, just Lori. so everyone knows, Lori Murray is talking about Becky Hill She's this now controversial clerk of court uh, who, again, the defense alleged was witness tampering. Well, her son, Jeff Hill, uh, he was arrested, I think it was last week, by SLED, by the South Carolina Law Enforcement Division. Uh, he was arrested by agents on charges related to listening to other people's telephone calls. This is all according to court records that uh, was it was an intentional interception 
use or disclosure of any wire, oral, or electronic communication. He was released Wednesday on a $20,000 personal recognizance bond, according to uh, court records. But Lori is correct. They also seized Becky Hill's phone. Amy, when I heard this, I thought it was just totally unrelated. Is this related? What's really going on here, Amy Z? Oh, I absolutely think it's absolutely related. Honestly, I think it's the first step in in the mindset. I think Lori is absolutely right um, in that it's always better to be safe than sorry. Um, look, a new trial isn't going to change the dog kennels. It's not going to change his lies. It's not going to, you know, the videos. It's not going to, a new trial isn't going to change any of those things. Um, I mean, I love it. I love a second trial. You get to fix all the mess, messes and the problems that you had and, and learn from your mistakes. Um, you I think the state, to all those things you didn't object to. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I think the state could streamline their job. I think that the defense, you know, it as a defense attorney, just a true believing defense attorney, it, it, it's so hard to watch one time good lawyers not be such good lawyers and it's heartbreaking and it's but mostly it's frustrating because we don't know what could affect those jurors and you know one fail to object one opening every single door in the courthouse um you know could 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 have changed every door in the in the in the courthouse but you know um it I think it's the opposite. I think it's actually the first sign that that someone is considering um is considering this motion. Um you know, which and is also, it lets Fled know that we're all watching, right? They shouldn't be investigating, but they are and, and the spotlight's on them to do the right thing. We've already seen through that trial that they didn't do the right thing. And and I think that was part that was really hard for me to stomach as a defense attorney watching that knowing um, all the things that happened with the blood spatter expert and all that stuff. And, and what was the guy's name, David, whatever the agent, I mean, that's the part that was really, they didn't do the right thing. And now everybody's watching and they're watching with a microscope and we're watching, waiting for them to do the right thing. And that's why they're, they're having to hunt down and follow up on all this stuff, which is why we're seeing people getting arrested, phones being taken. And we're hoping that, you know, we all hold them to account and make them do the right thing, whether we like the answer or not. Look, I think we can all agree that we think Alex Murdoch is guilty as hell, right? Do we all think that? Mm-hmm. Lori, are you with me or not? <laughs> you think he was there, right? <laughs> like maybe he didn't pull the A and home with you. But like on some level, we feel like he's responsible for the death of his kid and his wife. And I think he's guilty as hell. And he told on himself. But like, and it, it pains me to have to like, go through another, like, I don't think it'll take six weeks to try him. I think it'll be a lot more concise. We won't have, you know, three weeks of, of um, financial crime, tr- many trials within this. Um, but I mean, it, it pains us all to know that, there, that that's what justice requires. That's what we would all want if something like that happened to our brother or our sister or ourselves or our mom or our dad, whatever. And so, but that's what is required if that's what happened, because you don't get to, you don't get to tamper in the system and um, push things your way and there not be a consequence for those actions. 
I also think that you can't blame the defense for this happening because this is all squarely on the state. If this goes, if this goes to a new trial, this is on the state. They are the ones who messed this thing up. And yes, I do always say that I don't think he did it. I think he was there. I just don't buy that. Um, I just don't. That buy he had the balls. <laughs> <laughs> Don't, don't, that's a whole can of worms, Amy Z. I'm staying, I'm staying out of this, but go ahead. I don't, you know, you've got that, that the kennel video or the, you know, the Snapchat and the the audio and he's running around saying, oh, Bubba, come on, Bubba. You know, I don't buy that within three minutes he's turned around and gunned down his kids. I, I subscribe to the different theory. Do I think he knew who did it, which makes him guilty? Absolutely. But I just don't think he pulled the trigger. My thing with me, I, I have felt that since the very beginning. I was going, we don't kill our kids, right? That's just like my kind of whole theory. We don't kill our children, but we know that's not necessarily the case. And for me, when he got up and he testified and um, they and Creighton asked him, well, if you, if, you know, if you didn't kill him, then who did? The answer, if that were the case, right? If what you're saying is true, Lori, if that were it, he would have said, look, Mr. Waters, I'm a piece of shit, right? I have bought hundreds of thousands of dollars, if not millions of dollars worth of drugs. I have stolen money from the, some of the best and worst people known to man. I've done all these things and my chickens came home to roost. And I'm responsible for the death of my ch- my wife and kid, but I didn't pull the trigger, right? That makes sense to me. But I when he, that, he but- said they got killed because of the boat case, think he told on himself when he I said if you subscribe to the the what i subscribe to which is the whole cartel theory uh and it was we're all we're all speculating nobody knows because the man uh, won't tell so you know that's it you, it could be the boat case just as much as it could be the cartel it could just be, as much be him actually pulling the trigger and i could be completely wrong i have been wrong before not many times but often <laughs> you know once either way I subscribe to the fact that it's the drug, that the cartel, and he can't tell. He can't say it. I can't, Lori, how I about this question? Believe- By Lori, why would he lie about not being there then? How do you answer that? Because they would kill him and the rest of his family. Yeah. If you believe the theory that I believe, and there are a lot of us that believe it. It's not just me, but there is. you have to subscribe to one of the three. Boat, he did it, cartel. One of the three, I choose the cartel. That's just... I don't like to believe that people can kill their kids, but obviously we've seen it a hundred times. But I mean, am I to be crucified for my belief? No, prove it to me. They didn't prove it to me. I'm sorry. I watched every single day of that trial. I didn't see it. Mm, fascinating. I mean, I think we can all agree that he was not taking a mayonnaise jar full of fucking, sorry, full of, sorry, <laughs> full of opioids. <laughs> like, I, mean, I think we can all agree that he was not taking a mayonnaise jar full of opioids a day. Well, I got no, yeah. I mean, you know, yeah. I mean, I got to tell and you, it, as a father of three young kids, I don't know how you turn the gun on your son. Uh, no offense to the COE, I love her dearly. Uh, people kill their spouses all the time. That's the only thing that gets me. Right. But, I mean, I'm, I'm married. We understand yeah. that. <laughs> <laughs> I yeah. mean, and that's not, you know, that I'm not laughing at that. I'm laughing at Amy Lawrence, but it is, um, <laughs> you know, look, there are family <laughs> annihilators out there, and uh, Andy School bringing that up. The, the verdict was the verdict. I guess the final thing here, uh, no way was it a cartel. We've just opened up a whole other can of worms. Miss CC, Alec is 100% guilty. I got to say, 
I think Alec is 100% guilty and just lost his mind and pulled the trigger. And that's what the uh, jurors say. But here's the final question. Let me just say, yeah, go ahead, it's about as easy. It's about as easy to believe this cartel theory as it is to be a Gamecock fan, but I'm still a tried and true Gamecock <laughs> fan. We suffer through it every day. I catch a lot of crap for my belief in this, but I still, at the end of the day, I stick with my beliefs. That's what I believe. Uh, Dwayne Harris says, I'm sorry, but I'm not buying your story. Sorry. Okay. And he called you madam. Called you madam. I, I mean, By the way. It really doesn't offend me that people don't agree with me. We all have the right to have our own opinion, and I understand why you believe the way you do. I believe, I understand why everybody believes the way that they do. That's uh, by the way, hundred percent uh, true. That's what makes this country great. I'm just looking, uh, her name is Isigal Aksu. She's from Turkey. She's a friend of the show. She gave us a super sticker earlier. So thank you for that. Uh, if you didn't know, now, you know, Lori Murray, she's a fierce attorney from South Carolina, Columbia, South Carolina, Amy Zimmerchek, the owner of AJZ law firm, who took time out as she's prepping for a uh, trial and Amy Lawrence lovely. She fights for the civil rights of the wrong, wrongly accused every single day. Final question to all of you, Amy Zimmerchek, starting with you. Are we going to see an Alec Murdoch murder trial part? Deux? That is two in French. I hope so. Okay. Um, I think that it. Why? <laughs> I, I, well, I don't think it'll be as long because I think it'll be as I don't. I think it'll be much more um, streamlined. I don't think either parties were prepared or ready. Um, I'm hoping that they use more of the evidence that is actually out there. Um, I think Creighton has got to get off of his financial train. Which so somebody asked like what's happening tomorrow what's happening tomorrow is he's being sentenced for the remainder of the crimes that they're um allowing him to plead guilty to and then um um you know and then maybe eddie will testify i mean it's a it's a whole different trial without the financial stuff and what 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 hurts my heart is that the entire world watched south carolina bumble around for six to eight weeks with with Attorneys that we know are better, um, and we know we we all could have done a better job not picking up one piece of evidence in that courtroom, and um, on both sides. And and so I think that what I'm hoping is that round two, um, uh, the truth comes out as as much as it's going to, meaning that that you know that there will be a conviction, either hand of one hand of all or or whatnot. And that, and that we get to move away from this old financial stuff and, and really try to get to the meat and potatoes of what happened. Because it is, uh, even if, you know, even if he participated, watched it, caused it, et cetera, it, it's still incredibly intriguing. Um, and, and I think that the, the, the world deserves to see better than what South Carolina has to offer. So. Mm. Amy Lawrence Lovely, are we getting a second murder trial here? What do you say? I think we're I think we're closer to getting a second trial than we were a week ago. Wow. If we um, did, how soon would it be? Forward. When would it happen if it happened? I mean, you know, who the hell knows? Because the Murdoch's <laughs> like they're a do not pass go. They go straight to the front of the line, no matter what, whether it's uh, a personal injury case or, you know, their own trials or their civil, like everybody gets just like, you know, go right to the front of the line. Um, so who knows? 
Um, I think we're pretty certain that Judge Newman will not be over that trial because he has recused himself. So it'll be a sign of something else and he's going into retirement. So good for him. Um, you know, there's a selfishly, there's a piece of me that's like, ooh, yay. Um, I do think that um, the wheels of justice in South Carolina will grind to a halt for another like month um, in 2024 if that does happen. Um, at least in my office, it will um, with my cases because I will be glued. My husband's like, hey, hey, we, you have to worry about your cases. Don't be worrying about the one on TV. I'm like, no, 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 I got to watch this. It's like so good. It's like the worst best TV ever. Um, but I think we are closer to a second trial than we were a week ago, for sure. Mm. Uh, if there's a second trial, y'all wants to know, will Joel go to Collin County even with the cartel activity? I'm sort of afraid of the cartel. I was going to say I'm not afraid of the cartel, but I'm sort of afraid of the cartel. <laughs> I'm going to go with Lori, but I'm going to hide behind her. I will hide behind Lori. Uh, Lori, Lori Murray, I don't think we're seeing a second trial, but here's my question, Lori Murray. How long uh, will it take to investigate uh, Becky Hill's phone and her son and get information back on all that? Well, again, I don't think that SLED should be the one investigating that. I believe that should be turned over to a higher investigative agency, uh, SLED. SLED has shown a little bit of bipartisan by, by arresting the son, but I do believe this should be turned over to a higher investigative agency. I think that you would be looking at another, I mean, this has been being investigated for months already. They, they've been investigating this. The rumor about this has been flying since like September at least. So you're looking at probably another six months, maybe. I, I do think he's going to get a new trial and Maybe then they'll convince me. I really hope they do. But uh, yeah, I think you're looking at about six months before we we know that he was arrested. We know that he was eavesdropping on a conversation. We don't know what he did with that information. And I think that it's going to be very telling whenever we do find out what he was listening in on. I agree with you. And you think that'll come that answer will come within six months or so, you're saying? Or less. Six months or less. Andy School, once again. Alex had all three reasons, motives going for him, sex, greed, money, drugs. I'm telling you, bright ladies, he is a family annihilator. His face, the witnesses, all hand in hand. He sure did it and followed here by Miss CC. I don't believe Becky did anything wrong. I think it was made up and reaching by Griff and Poot. Time will tell. Thank God Monday is just about uh, over. Let Joel come back, please. I will try to host my show, although it's a lot more fun when uh, the COE and the fierce women of South <laughs> Carolina do it instead of me. Until tomorrow, love you, America. Love you, the Palmetto State, otherwise known as, as South Carolina. We may or may not be covering the Alec Murdoch sentencing tomorrow to hear Eric Bland and others eviscerate Alec Murdoch. So, uh, Follow me at podcast STS on Twitter and you'll find out if we're going to do that. And remember Wednesday, we're aiming to bring you the Adelson family tour. That's my Gilligan's Island impression. It was a three hour tour, a three hour tour. This is going to be more like a 30 minute tour, but we're going to bring it to you. Uh, thank you uh, everyone for joining us. Thank God Monday's over. I'm looking for the close to the show. Love you, South Carolina. Don't love you. Final seconds of the game, a chance to score and the chance has gone begging. If your business's commerce platform keeps missing the target on golden opportunities, 
Get the MVP you deserve. Get Shopify. Shopify is the commerce platform revolutionizing millions of businesses worldwide. Whether you're a garage entrepreneur or IPO ready, Shopify is the only tool that you need to start, run, and grow your business without the struggle. Shopify puts you in control of every sales channel. So whether you're selling signed football boots from Shopify's in-person POS system or you're vending vintage shirts on Shopify's all-in-one e-commerce platform, you are covered. And once you've reached your audience, Shopify has the internet's best converting checkout to help you turn them from browsers to buyers. What I love about Shopify is how, no matter how big you want to grow, Shopify gives you everything you need to take control and take your business to the next level. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the US. And Shopify is truly a global force, powering Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across over 170 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning help is there to support your success every step of the way. This is Possibility, powered by Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash ranks, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com forward slash ranks to take your business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash ranks.